0: You are now listening to the First Baptist Church of America's podcast. If you have any questions about our church, please check us out online at fbcamericus.org. This week we kick off our Advent season with a message, Blessed by Belief, from Luke 1 26 through 45, where Brother Keith leans into the idea of hope that can be found in the story of Mary. Let's listen in. I love Christmas time. And I know you do too, or at least I think you do. Um, You know, I appreciate all that have um, come this week to decorate our sanctuary. You've been decorating at home. It's almost like we're getting ready for something. We are. Ashley sent me the video that uh, she used for the children's sermon this week, and I just laughed when I saw that. And I thought, um, is that appropriate for church? And I watched it again. I laughed more. I watched it a third time and I laughed more. Each time you see it, and you need to go back and watch it again. Because you'll see little things that they did. Did you notice the, the little sheep on his back with the four legs straight up in the air? Little things like that. But yeah, we all have our Christmas things that we like to do. I have a routine at Christmas, that a Michael W. Smith Christmas CD. Every Christmas I get alone, put my earbuds in, and I listen to that wonderful CD of Christmas. And I'm sure you have your own routines as well. For today and the remaining Sundays of Advent leading up to Christmas, I want us to focus on Christmas from the thought of the ideal meeting the real. When the ideal meets the real. And what I mean by that is we all have an ideal of what Christmas ought to be and, and how it should play out. We, we have that picture in our mind from who you spend Christmas with to where you spend it. From what you do and how you spend your time at, at uh, Christmas to of what you get for Christmas, even. You have an ideal in your mind. And we expect Christmas to smell a certain way, to sound a certain way, to taste a certain way, look a certain way, feel a certain way. That's why Hallmark Christmas movies are so popular. Now, I'm not bashing your Hallmark Christmas movies, uh, but they present the ideal, the way things ought to be. And if you watch movies like that, you'll know that the ideal is presented, but a conflict comes, but that that conflict is always resolved, always, and people live happily ever after. That's the way it should be. That's the ideal, is it not? What about Christmas cards? We long for that ideal on the front of our traditional Christmas cards, even though they don't represent necessarily reality. A warm, cozy barn was not what Jesus experienced. I mean, it was a cave. It was cold and damp. Mary riding a donkey when she probably walked. Even nine months pregnant. But that's the ideal that we see. Or snow falling on shepherds when the season was probably warmer. But even as we've shifted to more... Uh, personalized Christmas greeting cards with your family on the front of those cards. You pick the very best picture of your family. But I ask you, does your family always look that good and act that happy? See, we're presenting the ideal of what we want, what we expect. Well, regardless of what our ideal of Christmas might be, the truth is that reality does not always match our ideal. Someone said that we expect a Norman Rockwell Christmas, but we get a National Lampoon Christmas instead. So what do you do when the real falls short of the ideal? Now, by the way, this doesn't just happen at Christmas. It happens all year long. But what do you do when the real falls short of the ideal? So let's take a fresh look at the Christmas story because I want your Christmas to be the most meaningful Christmas it's ever been and I want to help you to do that by reminding you that God came to you when Jesus was born God came to you when Jesus was born and that's why our Christmases ought to be a celebration for believers it ought to be well, as you well know, Christmas is not one of the ordinances of the church. It's not. The idea of Christmas as we know it is something that man has developed over the last 200, 250 years. We've come up with a, a pretty good celebration, a holiday. But it it you won't find that in scriptures because it's not there. And I'm afraid that our Christmas celebrations, as good as they are often keep us from seeing the reality of the simple yet profound narrative of the birth of Jesus Christ that's found in Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament. And we've heard the story so many times that maybe we've lost the wonder of what it really means. So with the idea of the ideal meeting the real, let's consider one of the most well-known people in the story, Mary. Her expectations didn't match what really happened to her. Now think about it. Here is a young teenage girl who had plans for her life, get married, have a family, and live happily ever after. But what she hoped for didn't happen the way that she planned. Mary's ideal was altered by the reality of God's plan. So how did she respond to that alteration? And that's what I want us to take a look at today. Mary, a young girl who had her life in front of her. And I'm sure she had a plan. You have a plan. She was betrothed to Joseph, which was more than our engagement. It had more weight to it. And no doubt that together, they were anticipating the ideal life together. But what Mary experienced was wasn't what she was expecting. That It wasn't what she was waiting for and anticipating. Her ideal met with the real. But in Mary's life, we see how God can interrupt life in a very real way. And by the way, He has every right to do that. To interrupt our life. Because He's taking us somewhere that we have no idea where He's taking us. So He has every right to redirect us, to take us where He wants us to go. So when your ideal Christmas, when it's interrupted, what do you do? Maybe your plans for this Christmas have been halted by the reality of an illness that you're facing. If not in you, maybe somebody in your family, a physical problem. Maybe your plans have been altered because of a situation that has come up in your family or at your work or with a close friend. Maybe your plans for an ideal Christmas have been shattered by the death of a spouse or a parent or even a child. So what do you do when reality encroaches on your ideal for life? You do as Mary did. You listen to the word of the Lord and you respond according to what His word says. There are three statements here that apply to us. They apply to us because they're found elsewhere in Scripture. The statements that God made through Gabriel to Mary, they're also for you and me. Remember them. The first statement is in verse 28. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Whatever you're facing in this life, you're not facing it alone. Now, you might think you're alone. You might even feel alone. But never forget that God is with you. And if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then he, because of His Holy Spirit, He is nearer to you than you think. He is in you. So when the real interrupts your ideal remember that the Lord Himself is with you. The second statement is in verse 30. Do not be afraid. Now think about it. If He is indeed with us, is there really any reason to be afraid of anything? Is there? If God is in us, and if God is with us, should we be be afraid of anything? God's Word tells us over and over that we should not be afraid. And even Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the the living word himself saying that. Do not be afraid. My mom has a dog. It's not really her dog, it's a neighbor's dog, but he spends his days at her house. That's the best kind of dog to have. He goes home at night. And uh, if he doesn't go on his own, she'll put him in, a, in the truck and take the dog home. The last time I was there, we were going somewhere. I had to sit in the back seat, and the dog sat in the front seat. It's a big lab. His name is Rufus, but he's terribly gun-shy. And we were there for Thanksgiving, and that afternoon they were hunting out in the fields, and, and the, the gunfire scared Rufus and he wanted to be inside where she was. And that dog came in and and was just lying there sleeping peacefully while the gunshots continued outside because he was in the presence of my mom. Now that's the way it is with God. We can be at peace no matter what happens in this dark and troubled world because he is with us no matter what happens we need not fear so when the real and the perceived threats of this life come to you do not be afraid the third statement is in verse 37 for nothing is impossible with God now why should we not fear the things of this life Because God is greater than anything we will ever face. He's greater than anything we will ever face. The one who creates galaxies can certainly manage your life. Don't you think? The one who speaks worlds into existence can handle you and your situation. Whether or not he changes your circumstances... Now, that's determined by His will, but not by His ability. When your real situation looms large over you, remember that nothing is impossible with God. Now, those statements Mary heard. She heard the word of the Lord, and she believed. Maybe the most beautiful expression of trust in all the Bible is right here in Mary's response. Verse 38 She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Now, don't miss the significance of that response. Remember, Mary was very young, 14, 15 years old. She was a young teenager. She was very poor, and she was a female. Young, poor, female, so she was already very low on the social ladder in her culture. But the shame of having a child outside of marriage would have been devastating in her culture. Would have been devastating. Nazareth was a small town, so you know people would have been talking. And they would have been figuring up uh, you know, the months. And they would have been talking about that scandal. Either Mary... And Joseph had premarital union, which was taboo in that culture, or she was unfaithful to Joseph. Either way, she would have been shunned. Either way. Not only shunned by society, but shunned by her own family and Joseph, who we know wanted to put her away privately. Would you believe her story? Think about it an angel, a Holy Spirit. No sex? A virgin birth? Sure, Mary, sure. No. We would have been skeptical too. So in responding the way Mary did, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. You know what Mary is doing? She's giving up control of her life. She knew that having a baby like this would mean the end of her. She knew exactly what it meant if she had that baby, but she said, As you will. Let it be to me as you have said. Mary is saying, I'm going to follow God, even though I don't know what will happen. She's giving up control. Verse 39 says that she hurried off to Elizabeth's house, whose own life had been interrupted by God. And we read that and we think she hurried off to a house outside of town. But Mary is in Galilee. Elizabeth is in Judea. That's 80 miles away. And walking 20 miles a day, that's a four-day hard journey. And here's this young teenage girl taking off for Judea to see Elizabeth. See, Mary chose to give up her will, her ideal in order to obey the will of the Lord. She chose to put her will aside. That's what you and I are called to do if we want to follow Jesus. To give up control of our life. We're called to do that. Now you will be scoffed at if you do that. If, if people hear you say, oh I'm, I'm giving up control of my life. And I want the Lord to have control of me. People will laugh at you. They will scoff at you. But Mary experienced the grace of God. She believed the word of God. Therefore, the Holy Spirit was able to use her to accomplish the will of God. Same way it happens with us. We experience God's grace. We yield to His will. Then the Holy Spirit can use us and our lives to touch other people. That's the way it should work in our lives. That's how it happened in Jesus' life. He gave up the ideal of heaven to come into the reality of this stinking, dark world. He gave it up. And why did He do that? He voluntarily took His hands off of His life in order to follow the Father's will. Jesus did that for you and for me. See, the fact is that in Jesus Christ, the ideal and the real come together. He is both. He is both the ideal and the real. And we sing about it every year. We may not know what we're singing, but we do sing about it in the old little town of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are what? Met in thee tonight. See, the hopes, that's what we long for. The fears, that's what we live through. But the hopes and the fears come together in Jesus Christ. He's who it's all about. The emphasis should always be on the greatness of the Son, not the greatness of the Mother. The greatness of the Son. Mary is not the main character. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is. He's the main character. Who initiated and orchestrated all this? God did. Verse 26, God sent Gabriel to to a specific place, a specific person, a specific time for a specific purpose. This is all God's doing. Every bit of it. Who made the plan work? God did through His Holy Spirit. Verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now as a young Jewish girl, Mary would have known who this Angel was talking about when he was talking about the Most High. And that his kingdom would last forever. She would have known he was talking about the Messiah. Redemption is the work of God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son. Look what he says there. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. He said this Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. See, Jesus is higher than anyone else, yet he became lower than everyone else in order to save the world. He's higher, but he became lower in order... To save us. And that's what the gospel is all about. And that's why we celebrate at Christmas. Because of the gospel. Mary believed. That she would be the mother of the son of the most high God. She believed it. As ridiculous as it might have sounded. She believed it. That she would be the mother of the son of the most high God. And Elizabeth said. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. See, Mary was blessed because of her belief in the Word of God. Do you believe that what God has said will be accomplished? If you do, then you are blessed. You are eternally blessed. See, God is more concerned with your eternal life than He is with your temporal life but we're all worried about this temporal life. But it's kind of like a a toy that a, a child has, and that toy is broken. He takes it to his father and says, fix my toy. But the father all the time knows that he has purchased a brand new toy to replace the old toy. Because the father knows what the child doesn't know. God is concerned about our eternal life. And he is moving us and taking us to that ideal. And it becomes real to us when we believe what he has said. See, you're living in a tent. You're walking around in a tent. So why do we put so much emphasis on the tent when we have a house prepared by Jesus? Belief is... In what God says not only means that we are eternally blessed, but it also fuels our hope in the meantime. It fuels our hope to live through whatever trouble that we have in this world. And in that way, see, we are longing for that ideal while we are wading through the real of this world. Do you need hope for this Christmas? Then believe in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, this is Your Word. And Lord, this is the Gospel. The Christmas season is the Gospel. That You have come down. You have come to us. You have come to save us. And You did that out of Your grace. There's nothing that we have done that deserves it, but out of Your grace You have come. And so Lord, as we celebrate Christmas, may we truly celebrate Emmanuel, God, with us. And Lord, help us to respond according to hearing your word. And we need your Holy Spirit to help us to respond in the proper way. So Lord, I pray for your Spirit to fall on us, help us to hear, and then help us to respond to what we hear. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.